Galatians chapter 5, verse number 7. We're going to read from the King James, and then after I have you seated, I'm going to read it again in another translation. The Bible says this, you did run well. Who did hinder, this is verse 7, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven, everybody say a little leaven. Leaven at the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that you will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. Today I'm going to talk from the verse of scripture that starts with a little leaven. We're going to talk about a subject that I've preached on before. It's been a couple of years since I've I've brought this out and, and begin to discuss it, and I felt it heavy this morning and last night as I was studying and seeking the face of God. Uh, we're going to talk about this subject, a little leaven, a little leaven. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts today and help us this morning to walk in and to be responsive to his word today. Lord, we love you. My God, I thank you for your grace and mercy. God, I'm asking that you would rest in this house today. God, bind our hearts and minds together. Let the Holy Ghost have its way. Anoint these lips of clay. God, anoint this mind of mine that I would only say the things that you put there. Lord, I pray that you would give me strength today, Jesus. Lord, let us respond to your word. God, let us be changed by your word. We thank you for your grace and mercy this morning. In Jesus' name, can we give him a hand clap of praise this morning before we're seated? Oh, we love you. We magnify you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. You can be seated this morning. Amen. Praise God. A little leaven. A little leaven. I want to read the same passage to you from Galatians chapter 5 in the English Standard Version this morning. The Bible says it this way. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, Paul said. But he said this in the end. He said, I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. A little leaven. How many of you baked with leaven before? Amen. I know I've seen my mom. She makes cinnamon rolls. And she puts a little bit of yeast in there is what we call it today. And uh, yeast is leaven. Amen. It's what causes the dough to rise and to um, become whole. And I've, I've been there sometimes where mom... Mom gets busy after she's, she's mixed up the dough and she leaves it in the mixer and lets it rise. And she forgot about it. She got busy. And she all of a sudden freaks out. Oh, Brandon, go run over there to the mixer and poke a hole in that. What? And so I run over there and sure enough, the dough is about to touch the counter. And I have to start scooping it back up and shoving it back in the bowl. And 
packing it back together. And it doesn't take a whole lot. It doesn't take a whole lot to get done what she needs to get done, but it, it works. I'll tell you what, when those cinnamon rolls are done, that's good stuff. Get me a cinnamon roll and some coffee, and we're doing just fine. Amen. Praise God. I've had a few too many cinnamon rolls, I think, um, and too much ice cream. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm trying to liven it up in here a little bit this morning. Amen. But the Apostle Paul said, it was just a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. I know that if I allow a little bit of things into my life, that it's going to affect my whole life. Can I get an amen? I remember there was a time that I got a um, idea because my mother-in-law did this when I was a kid, and I called Sisterini. She had plenty of dogs at her house, and I don't know if I bought the cake mix or you bought it, but I bought somehow she got some brownie mix, and I had her, I had her make bake up those brownies, and to pick up just a little dog mess. And put it in one portion of the pan. And I had her do it. And I had her bring it to church that morning. And I had that pan of brownies. And I said, hey, you know, this is, this brownies, they smell really good. They smell very good. <laughs> well, it was only put in one spot. We didn't mix it. Did you mix it in the mixer? Oh, okay. Well, you you didn't do it right then. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay, calm down, calm down. Well, what, what happened was originally the idea was we wasn't going to mix it into it, but we were just going to put it in one little bitty corner. Or in the middle, somewhere where I would know where it was, I would cut around it. I wouldn't let it get into your brownie. But why wouldn't you, why, why, even if I just put a little bit, Brother Tuffy, you wouldn't take any of that brownie? Are you sure? Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. I would throw it in the trash can just like I did when I finished my lesson. But I, my whole point was, it didn't take a whole lot to contaminate the whole pan of brownies. Nor does it take a whole lot of sin to contaminate your whole entire life. Just a little bitty virus bug called COVID-19 infects the whole body. And it shut down an entire world. Just a little thing. But consider with me this morning... There's something out there that's more detrimental than COVID ever was. All, all COVID could do was take our life. Sin can take your eternity, my friend. Sin is a, a contaminant that is in our lives. And do you know how sin enters into our lives? It's not the whole kit and caboodle. We don't just say, hey, here's all of the sin, just go go do it. No, we wouldn't do that, right? But we just let a little bit come in. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit over here, 
and then we come to church and we say, man, I'm okay. But then you go back home and you pick that sin back up. As little as it may be, but you've just allowed. Maybe you let God cleanse you that morning or that afternoon or that evening when you went to church. And you let God purge your entire life. And you've got all the sin and the desire for sin out. But you go back home and temptation comes and you just pick up a little bit of that. My friend, you might as well do it all. Because just a little leaven leavens the whole lump. I've had, when I was a teenager, I remember they would tell me, hey, just take one drag. Just take one sip. Yeah, I was in the construction world. I had plenty of opportunity to fall into those traps. It's just one night. Right? But what if God came that night? You ever consider these things? What if the trumpet sounded as soon as I picked that up and I put it in my mouth? Or I put that syringe into my arm? What was it? It's just one hit. You with me this morning? Just a little bit, folks. It was just a, it don't even have to be drugs or alcohol or anything like that. What if it was just a little white lie? Well, I didn't tell a lie. I just didn't tell all of the truth. Well, in God's eyes, there's no difference. You allowed somebody to be deceived. You allowed somebody to be led into deception, my friend. You've got to understand, a little thing can affect a lot of things. It was just a little spark that destroyed millions of acres in California a couple of years ago. It was one spark, folks, that came off of a power pole on the backside of a power plant that sparked into dead timber and ignited an entire inferno. In fact, I got a friend of mine, he moved out of California because this is the second time it's happened to his home. They've lost everything. And they still hadn't got any help. After two years, they hadn't had any help. They had to move out. It affected lives. It changed the world for people. But it was just a little spark that destroyed it all. Some would say it's just a little white lie. Some would say it's just a small peak. It's not going to hurt me. Some would say it's just a little sip. Some would say it's just a small puff. But let me tell you something. The smallest amount. Have you ever heard the, the phrase somebody say, well, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. Well, the devil doesn't just try to take a mile. If you give him an inch, he'll try to take the eternity. You with me? I'm, I'm not giving up my eternity for nobody. And I'm sure not giving up my eternity for no thing that's in this world. Nothing in this world is worth the eternity that I have promised. Let me ask you something. How many of you guys have ever broken concrete up? Yeah, me too. How many of you have done it with a sledgehammer? Did it break up on the first swing? Well, how, how did you go about breaking it up with a sledgehammer then if it didn't break the first time? 
just keep going, right? And sometimes if you get to a thick part, right, and you can't pick it up because it's too heavy, and you hit that thing, you hit it until it starts. you start seeing little hairline cracks, right? And you keep banging on that thing, and, and you keep hitting it, and eventually it just starts crumbling apart, right? Let me tell you something. Sin is just like that. Sin, every temptation that comes our way, it comes back and it hits. And it hits again. Before long, you realize, I'm breaking and I'm crumbling under the pressure of this sin. Put you on your face. But you know there is one who can reach down and pick you up out of that. And he can put you back together. And he can work this thing out. You know, there's another thing that works like a hammer. The Bible tells us that the word of the Lord is like a hammer. And it's coming in to our lives. You know what God uses the word of God like a hammer for? There are some things in our lives that we don't like to let go of. God takes his word and he said, hey, you need to get rid of that. And you're like, okay, I don't know if I want to. I'll think about that. Well, then the word of God comes back and says, Hey, you need to change that. And it keeps coming back. Just like sin, God works in the opposite direction. He said, hey, bud, I know some of us, some of us, all right, me, I got a hard head, folks. And God has to break through this mental block that I have sometimes, folks. And I need the word of God to do that to me often. That's why I said in, in Bible class a while ago, hey, we need to read the Word of God every single day. You need, to set, you need to set a goal for yourself every single day to read the Word of God. I submit to you, if you're an adult, you should be trying to read at least three chapters in a day. It's not too much. Less than 15 minutes of time in a day, folks. Let me tell you, you'll be the better for it. You don't even have to trust me. Just try it for a month's time. I can promise you, you won't see things the same way that you've always seen them. That's how the Word of God works. It begins to enlighten your mind. It begins to change you. It begins to help you see life in a different light. Amen. God knows exactly how to work in our hearts, but we've got to give Him uh, we've got to give them avenues into our heart and our mind, and one of those things is our eyes. Well, just like our eyes can, uh, can destroy us, we, if we allow things into our eyesight, our eye is called the window of the, you've heard it before, it's the window of the soul. So what you allow through those eyes is going to affect what's on the inside. Can I get an Amen. And I want to make sure that the inside is clean and holy like him. So I want to fill it with his holy word. I want to fill it with, amen, conversation with him. I want to fill it with uh, a fellowship with those that are seeking after the same thing. Amen. I, I, I'm going to say this and move on. But you understand the old saying is birds of a feather, they flock together. I'm saying all these things because I know you know these sayings. And you understand what they mean. Amen. Birds of a feather flock together. So what's that mean? If I'm hanging out with a bunch of 
people that are down and out and they're talking down about every situation, guess what? I'm going to start looking down on, on life. Think about it. But if I start walking around and I start talking to folks and, and I begin to realize, you know what? That person loves to talk about the Word of God. I'm going to hang out with that person. And before long, all you're talking about is what does the Word of God say about such and such? What does the Word of God say about this? What does the Word of God say about that? Amen. Does that mean that the Word of God has to be in every aspect of your life? In my opinion, yes. Amen. Why, why not? Amen. I'm not saying you have to have the Bible under your, under your arm all day long every day. But I can tell you this, if you read it enough, it's going to be right here and it's going to be with you everywhere, every day. Amen. Praise God. We ought to be saying the same thing to everybody that we meet on a regular basis. Amen. Every day, I'm trying to remember the saying we had at Chick-fil-A, was all day, everywhere, to everybody. If I'm not mistaken. We, we didn't push it very hard there at the end, but it was, yeah, it was all day, everywhere, with everybody, and we were talking to our folks because we were trying to instill into their minds, you need to say my pleasure. You need to say my pleasure. And we got, we understood that if they used that on a regular basis, guess what? It was just going to become natural. I promise you, if I'm holding that door open and you say thank you to me, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to say my pleasure because when I was there, I drilled it into other folks so much that it drilled into me and folks look at me weird sometimes and they're like, what's wrong with you, dude? You don't work at Chick-fil-A no more. Like, Sorry, it just become part of who I am and how I respond to folks. Amen. But I want you to understand, the more that you dig into the word of the Lord, the more that you expose yourself to, to the word of God and the things of God the more it's going to affect your lifestyle and how you automatic, automatically respond to things. Well, can I get an amen this morning? I know I'm not, I'm not uh, maybe preaching something super popular this morning, but just bear with me today. It's just a little bit of stuff that the enemy allows, that the enemy wants us to put into our life. Amen. But if we somehow are able to with, withstand that, guess what? There is one thing that can shield us from the attacks of the enemy. It's him. Wherefore, putting on the whole armor of God. I don't have time to teach about the armor of God this morning, but I want you to go look in your Bible. This week, you got homework, all right? Amen? Go look in your Bible. It's going to be in Ephesians chapter number 6. Study that, study that chapter. And you're going to find out the things that you need to apply to your life. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter number 6, that's where you're going to find about this armor of God. This is how we're going to be able to withstand the wiles of the enemy. Amen. The attacks of the enemy. The fiery darts, the Bible says, as they come in. Amen. We can, we can, we can shield ourselves with the shield of faith. Amen. How are we going to go on the attack against the enemy? It's simply by the, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. Somebody's been reading their Bible lately. Amen. Praise God for that. Thank God for that. Amen. I'm thankful for the Word of God today. There's power in the Word of God. 
Amen. Our relationship with the Lord, amen, is powerful if we will continue to invest in our relationship with him. Amen. Each time we give in to temptation, amen, we are susceptible to that temptation the next time around. And the more times that we give in to temptation before too long, what's going to happen is, you ever heard of the seared conscience? Conscience? Where you put the put the alerts from the conscience, and you've seen the bad, the devil and the angel sitting on the shoulders, right? Well, we don't really have that, but we do have good and evil talking in our ear all the time. And whichever one we feed the most is the one that's going to win. And if we keep on feeding the evil before long, it's not even going to bother us when that temptation comes. And it's just going to become normalized. I don't want it to be that way in my life. I want to make sure that God, when God says, hey, are you sure about that? My ears stand up and take attention and say, well, what do you mean, God? What can I do to change this? How can I make it different? Amen. Let me tell you something. And this is going to those of you that have been filled with the Holy Ghost before. I want you to listen to my what I'm about to say is there, there is opportunity for you to have been filled with the Holy Ghost and still every once in a while you, you get a little good feeling and, and you say, man, I must be doing all right. And, and I want you to understand, if you don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, something's going to come and take the place of the Holy Ghost. I said it earlier today, you got to be careful what you're listening to, amen, because eventually uh, you won't be able to tell whether it's God or whether it's the enemy. The more that you hear the voice of God, the more you become familiar with it. He said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. But how are they going to know him if they're not listening to him? They're listening to other things. But Jesus said it this way. He said, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walks about through dry places seeking rest. Amen. This is Luke 11 and 24. And finding none, he says, I will go into my house where I came out. And when he comes and finds it swept and garnished, then he goes and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Yeah, it's a beautiful house. Yeah, it's clean. It's, it's garnished. It's, it's, it's furnished with all the furnishings. But Jesus said, if you don't keep it full, something else will fill it. Whether you want it to or not, it's coming. So it's imperative that you as a child of God... Stay full of the Holy Ghost. Because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, there's no room for anything else. You with me today? You, you struggle with sin, my friend? Let me tell you, if you struggle with doing little things here and there, let me tell you how to get over that problem, and that is to stay full of the Holy Ghost, and those things don't have any room in your life. Well, can I get an amen this morning? Amen. I need the help of the Lord. I'm going to wrap this up this morning. I've got to have the help of the Lord to reverse the curse of sin in my life. Matthew 11:28 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.
rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke, he says, is easy, and my burden is light. Amen. Jesus didn't say you're not going to have a burden of life anymore when he comes and, and, and you give yourself away to him, but he said you're going to take my burden upon you. He said my burden is light. He said the yoke that you're going to be bound to me with, it's going to be easy for you. Amen. Because I'm the stronger one. I can help you plow through some crazy things in life. Amen. But he said, why don't you hook up with me? You guys know what a yoke is, right? You've seen yokes. Amen. In, 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 in the older, and I don't know if they still do it today, but I do know in the Bible days, their practice was not to put two strong oxen together. But they would put the older, more experienced oxen with a, a smaller, younger ox. And they would have them work together. Why? Because that younger one had to build up strength. But he couldn't do it just sitting in the barn. So they put him out there with the older, stronger ox so that he could help the older, stronger ox. But the older, stronger ox could still press through the things that the younger one couldn't make it through. Does that make sense? And so it is with Jesus. We're still in a yoke. We're still plowing the fields of life. Sometimes we come to some pretty rough ground. We need the strength of Jesus to help press through that rough ground. You with me today? And so, therefore, we are yoked up with Jesus. We're able to plow through the, 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 the crazy things of life. Amen. That's why he said, my burden is light. Amen. When we get to the places where we can't push through, Jesus steps in and says, hey, let me take care of that for you. That's how he works, my friends. Amen. God is faithful. God is faithful. Faithful. Amen. Jesus wants us to give him our burdens. Amen. God never wants us, wants you to fail. In fact, I want you to understand this. He has plans for you, and those plans don't have the word fail in it. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you. Amen. Saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. He is uh, the author, the Bible tells me, and the finisher of my faith. He's not just going through the motions. He has a plan. God doesn't do anything without a plan. Never has and he never will. If God started something in your life, my friend, you better take it to the bank. Amen. Because he has the finish already scoped out. You don't know what it is. You don't know what's between the starting line and the finish line, but he does, and he knows exactly when you're going to need his help the most, and he will be there in those times, and even if you don't think he is, he will always show up just in time. That's the God that I serve. Amen. You can look at Job, and he had, he had, he had gone through the craziest things of life. I don't know anybody that has reached the place of Job, but I can tell you this much. Uh, amen. Job, even in the midst of his storm, he was able to look back and tell the guys, Hey, I want you to understand, I don't know where God is, but I know this much. He knows the way that I am taking right now. He knows exactly where I'm standing at this very moment, and I know that he is not going to turn his back on me. Well, glory. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Living for God may not always be easy, but living for God is going to be a joyous thing. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength, Nehemiah tells us in Nehemiah 8 and 10. Let me tell you, living in his kingdom is a joyous thing. In fact, being filled with the Holy Ghost brings joy into our lives. Amen. Romans chapter 14 and 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy. Everybody say joy this morning. Amen. In the Holy Ghost. Praise God. What does it mean to be joyous? Does it mean that you're happy and bubbly all the time? Not necessarily. Amen. But joy is the fact that, hey, I know what my Redeemer has already planned for my life. I don't know where I'm going to end up, but I know that I'm going to be successful because I read the back of the book, and the back of the book tells me that I win. I win. Amen. With the Lord by my side. But I want you to understand today it's simply this. Uh, amen. The peace of mind knowing that we have a precious promise that lasts not just for a lifetime, but it lasts for eternity. Amen. If we can just put sin away from us, no matter how big or how small. Amen. I know maybe it's not the coolest thing to do in the earth, but I can promise you this. Uh, if you can sacrifice, uh, amen, your sin, amen, and you can put it aside, uh, even if you think it's enjoyable, amen, and allow God God, to work on the inside, you will have the opportunity, uh, amen, to have a joyful life, uh, amen, because, uh, amen, the Holy Ghost brings that joy to your life. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul said that we as the Christians, the church, uh, we ought to rejoice always uh, in what? Uh, in the fact that we have eternity promised to us with our Savior. We don't have to live downtrodden. We don't have to live in the molly grubs. We don't have to live in depression, my friend. But you can live in a surety that knowing that God is still alive and that he is still on the throne and he's still fighting my battles on a regular basis. Hallelujah. We talked about it earlier today. Sister Reagan, if you can come and help me out today. Amen. The Holy Ghost uh, is what is going to help us out of our situation. Amen. I read it earlier today. John chapter 3. Uh, amen. Verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, uh, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 3, 5 and 6 says, Jesus answered and verily, verily, I said unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Amen. He said in the next verse, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. You've got to be born again, my friend. Amen. There's going to be a sign that, that follows. Amen. Everyone who is born again. Amen. Jesus goes on in verse number eight. He said, the wind blows where it listeth and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell when it came from and whether it goeth, so is everyone that go, cometh in the Spirit, is born in the Spirit. Amen. The Holy Ghost, when it comes in, there's going to be a sound in your life. And that's the anointing of the Holy Ghost speaking through your heart and your mind. Amen. And he begins to speak through your mouth. And he, you begin to utter other things that you've never spoken before. Amen. It doesn't make sense to you, my friend. When you begin to speak in other tongues... Those words don't make sense to you because you didn't learn it. But I can promise you this. That's the Holy Ghost working in your heart. And I can also promise you this. It is the ultimate sign 
of sacrifice in your life. When you've given your life completely to him, the sign of that is he begins to speak through you. And he begins to, uh, you begin to utter things that you've never spoken before. Amen. We've got to, it all starts with repentance, though. It all starts with repentance. God, I'm sorry. It's more than just saying I'm sorry, though. It's saying, God, I'm sorry, and I hate that sin so much. I'm not turning back to it. I'm wait, when I leave this place today, whatever I've got to do, I'm putting it out of my life. Whatever I've got to do, I'm putting it out of my life. If I've got to go home and get rid of some things, if I've got to go home and change some things in my heart and my mind, and not only that, some things in my life that are there in my home, I'm willing to do it today, God, if that's what you need me to do. My friend, you know where you're at today. It doesn't take a lot of sin. See, I'm a good person. Well, you may be, but even a small, small, small amount of sin would keep you out of heaven. I'm here to preach to you this morning that God has given and paid the way in your life for you to make it to heaven. If you follow those steps of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, that's being born of the water and of the Spirit. Repentance is dying out to your own fleshly desires, allowing the Holy Ghost to have its way in your life. You won't have to leave here the same. You won't have to leave here the same. So I ask you a few questions this morning. Today, what are you going to do? Today, are you satisfied living with, with leprosy of sin in your life? Are you ready to give it to God and let him help you and remove this thing from your life? He'll give you the strength that you need. The last thing I want to say this morning is this. Once you get filled with his spirit, you then become a child of God. You're his. You're a part of the family now. And when you're filled with his spirit and you're a part of the family, there's no devil in hell that can stop you. There's not one. Because daddy's fighting for me now. I can promise you this. This father's not going to sit by and watch his children get ransacked by any little thing or any big thing. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight on their behalf. And that's what God does. And we should walk, Brother Tuffy, in boldness in the fact that I'm his child. And you know what? Sometimes I get, I get to feel a little bit like a, a little kid does when, when they feel like they're overwhelmed. I'm going to get my dad. Sometimes I'm going to tell the devil, you know what? All right, but I'm going to get my dad, and we'll be back. I promise you every time, Sister Marini, the devil's not there when I get back with my dad. When that temptation arises, I make sure I stay close to my father, my father who is in heaven, because I know he's my strength. First John 4 and 4 is my last scripture today. He said, you are of God, little children and have overcome them. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's stand to our feet this morning. If it's your desire today that 
you don't want that little bit of leaven in your life, I'm asking you, why don't you reach out to heaven and let him know, God, I'm 